back, Crusaders, to the New Crusade Podcast. I'm your host, Ian. As always, and with me is Courtney. Hello. This week, we're going to be talking about some TV shows we've been watching and adding one new one that we're not going to watch all of it, but we'll talk about what we have seen of it. <laughs> but first, let's jump into our current shows, which is uh, True Detective Night Country. Yes. This week, we watched episode five. Shit's getting real. Um, yeah, it's what? Only, I think, eight episodes? I thought it was only six. Uh... I'm pretty sure it's six episodes. And next week is going to be the last episode. Yeah, I think you might be right. I am right, because I know things. (laughs) Yeah, part six. So, yeah, we saw part five. Next week is the last episode. Yep. Um, So, uh, this episode... um, It came out Friday because of Super, Super Bowl, Bowl Sunday. Sunday. That's why they came out on Friday. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Which was nice, because we yeah. got to watch it earlier. <laughs> yeah, which works out great. Um, so this episode, uh, we get a little more information about where they're going and, and some more of a conspiracy of who all is involved. And yes. some shit definitely goes down by the end of the episode. A lot of shit goes down the end of the episode. The last five minutes, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Um... So basically, uh, Novero uh, is picking up her sister's ashes, and yep. she has to. She goes and buries them in the sea, type of thing. Yep. But she also kind of has an episode when she's doing out there where, where the old lady Rose like helps her dig dig the hole. She dumps the ashes in there, and, and then, then she hears like voices uh, calling out to her. So she starts kind of wandering out, and then which is kind of she like, it looks look- down, and then the ice starts cracking, and Rose is right. Not right behind her, but starts yelling at her, come to me, lay down, get flat, get wide, which is what you're supposed to do with cracking ice, and was able to drag her back to safety. Yeah, it only looked like she took a couple steps away from where she was, although Rose is like, hey, you started wandering off, didn't you hear me yelling at you? Yeah. And she's like, no, I didn't. So that's like a strange thing that kind of happens at the very beginning. Um, And then... There's a big protest that at, at the mine at the mine that Danvers' daughter goes to with her little white girlfriend, <laughs> um, and at first I kind of thought like oh was I thought like the young cop was also there too but it was all it was just state troopers so Navarro shows up there with the yeah. night gear, so it was originally like just mine security holding off the mob trying to let the miners go to work while they protest, then it starts to get more violent or more rowdy. Uh, security starts beating people up, and then the troopers show up in riot gear. And that's when Danvers' kid throws something, and it hits Navar- One of the hits troopers. Nav- hits Navarro in the head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It hits Navarro in the head. But she has a helmet on, so she turns around and sees her, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, before <laughs> she gets hit in the head, she's looking out in the crowd, and she sees, sees Annie. Annie. Yeah. And then Annie disappears. Navarro gets hit in the head. Turns around, oh, look, it's Danvers' kid. Yeah. And then the other cop who saw her throw it and hit uh, Navarro, start, like, grabs her, takes her out, and starts trying to beat, beat her with a uh, club. yeah. And then Navarro beats the shit out of that trooper. Yeah, which rightfully yeah. so. It's like, grab them. Like, it's a kid. And then you Why put, are you beating the hell out of a kid? Yeah, it's like, you don't want to add fuel to the fire. Just grab them, throw them in the back of the truck. Yeah. So, like, Navarro basically kind of arrests... Danvers' kid calls Danvers, and Danvers tells her to lock her up. Yeah. Like, She's like, I'm sick of this. I'm done. And, like, the thing is, like, Danvers has a complete misunderstanding of why her daughter's doing this, or stepdaughter's doing this. She thinks it's just to annoy her, 
which that's not the reason. Yeah, it's like, key thing is communication, which is what Danvers does not do with anyone that she's close to. Yeah, and her kid's not doing any better of a job either, because like her kid even tells her later on after like she finally gets released and she goes over to her friend's house that Endeavor's kind of like begs her to come home for her New Year's. Uh, tells her, like, hey, all the stuff that Annie uh, was doing is still happening. Like, well, everything she was protesting is still happening. But, like, the correct response is, like, yeah, that, that's what got her killed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I don't want you going to these protests. I don't want you hanging out with these radical people because you'll get hurt. And, like, the whole point of, like, Damage wanting to lock her up was, like, hey, she needs to learn the consequences of her action, which was, like, all right, that's smart, but you need to explain that to her, not just lock her up and not yeah, talk to her. Yeah, exactly. It's the lack of communication yeah. with Danvers, which is her, is the main hurt for between her and her daughter. Yeah, because they also have never talked about, it, and I don't know if they're ever going to talk about considering one of our episodes. I think so. About if exactly they do. what happened to her steps to her son and her husband. They have to do that. They have to do that in the last episode. The last episode has to be like well over an hour. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, because they got they got a lot of little loose ends that they have to start woo, tightening up. But basically, what also happens is. Um, Heisman, the guy that they found in the in the dredge, yeah, is taken to the lighthouse facility, and Danvers is going like, "Hey, you're going to get better, and you're going to show me the entrance of the cave." He shows her the entrance of the cave, cave on, on the a map. map. Her and Rivera go out there, but the entrance has been blown up, like purposely collapsed. Yeah, that all leads to her getting called over to the mine. Well, before she gets called over to the mine, the deputy kid. Uh, That's right. He gets kicked out of his house. Yeah, he gets kicked out of his house. So there's that uh, issue. Again, communication. Yeah, It's the lack of communication with this uh Like, clearly staff. his wife doesn't like that he's a cop, but I don't know if she thinks, like, he's trying, he's fucking damaged, Damn. which he's clearly not. Yeah. She just hates his job, it seems like, and so she kicks him out. He goes to stay with his dad. And then, meanwhile, Danvers and uh, Navarro are looking at the mine. They see that the front end's been blown up. Yep. And then, basically, the riot happens that we already talked about. And then that's when Danvers gets called over to the mine by her commanding officer. But before that, the kid provides key information that the mine is connected to the research facility. And that the research facility is being funded by this mine and since they're getting funding, they are fixing the numbers the for pollution the numbers. pollution numbers. Yeah. That's the big key. And that's, Nav- or not Navarro, but Danvers' big, haha, fuck you, mine. Yeah, but it ends up being nothing because everyone, they, yeah. They end up taking the documents from her, which means they're going to burn them. Well, I mean, yeah. That's why you always have backups on backups. Yeah, it's... whether or not she was smart enough to do that, we don't know because she was about to throw out the case and get rid of it after the fact. Well, that was after yeah. the meeting. But they go to the meeting at the mine and basically find out that they're on camera looking at the entrance of the mine. So now the head of the mine is tipped off of what they're doing. And then, uh, and basically shuts down the case saying forensics in, in uh, Anchorage said that it was, they froze to death, which was complete bullshit. Yeah. Because it doesn't explain why they're all naked, why there's fear. You know. Why they're screaming and all that stuff. They say it was a freak weather event that they went out to go see this, this last sunset of the year. And then they freaked out and froze to death into like a freak blizzard. It's like, why were their clothes neatly folded and taken off? Why, why is there one of them missing? Yeah. And they're just like, oh, case closed. There's no murder. It's like, but there's still a scientist missing. Yeah, there's still a scientist missing. They were still and then to plus there's the native guy that uh, they were talking to 
originally a, that worked at the mine too. That left, he, he left, disappeared. Yeah. So, and but basically, <laughs> the mine shuts it down, and like her commanding officer knows about what happened with the previous case where it was supposed to be a, a murder suicide, and knows that it wasn't a murder suicide. Yeah. That either Danvers or Navarro shot the dude. Which I'm guessing is probably Navarro. <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly which one did it, but we end up finding out later on because like Danvers uh, ends up grabbing her deputy because he was the one who was asking questions about it, and inside his laptop he was going through the evidence and found that um, all the photos of the injuries were flipped uh, to make it look like the guy was right-handed mm-hmm. instead of left-handed, and that kind of proved that somebody killed him and not that he killed himself. Unfortunately, his dad went through his computer and found all this shit and told her boss. And that's why they're shutting down the case and using that against Danvers to shut her up. Yeah, and Danvers figures out that he did it and is a mole in their police department. And she's like, oh, how could he have known any of this information? Oh, because of your laptop. Yeah, because you got nosy kid. And then she has, she gives the kid keys to her back to her shed, which, like, this isn't even, like, a spare room. This is, like, literally a tool shed. shed. Yeah. Because, like, you can't stay with your dad. He's an idiot. And Well, he's not an idiot. He's trying to shut down this case that I'm trying to work on behind the scenes that he's purposely trying to fuck over. Yeah, but we also find out that he is working with the mine. The mine had promised him uh, Danvers' job before Danvers got there. But Danvers ends up showing up and getting the job instead. Yeah. So that, like, basically... He, Hank was involved with Annie's death. Yep. He moved the body. Yeah. He ends up admitting later on that he moved the body, but he was involved by orders of the mine, who, Mm -hmm. like, she said, I didn't tell you to kill anybody. Like, I just told you to take care of it. And, like, she tells him, basically, to kill the junkie so that they don't find the mine uh, or the cave where Annie died. Because there's something in there that could probably shut down the mine, which is probably... It might be the bones that they saw in the video, being making a, histor- a historical site or some shit that they can't. Be yeah, or there. something because they own all that land out there. Yeah. So there's something in there that they don't. The mine doesn't want anybody else finding. They don't want. Um, they don't want anybody to find out that they're in connection with Annie's death. So they send Hank to go kill or take care of the junkie who basically he'll get lost in the snow. Nobody will, will find him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know where. The junkie's at Danvers is the only one that knows that he's at the lighthouse place. Her and Navarro, yeah. <clears throat> but Navarro can't go back there because uh, she threw his she threw a rightfully so hissy fit when yeah. her sister walked out and died. Um, so the junkie agrees to help him out as long as she gets him some heroin. So Danvers goes to the police station, gets heroin out of the evidence room, mm-hmm. and brings it to him and takes him back to her house, so that he... and Hank is following her. Yeah, Hank is following her. Um, I don't think he. Do you think he actually knew he was there? Or knew- he knew he was okay. there. Okay. 100% he knew because he followed her and watch, was watching her the entire time. Because he was originally just going to try to find out where the junkie is, but then he saw the junkie get in her car. Yeah, okay. So, Because when he comes in there, he's like, hey, I'm looking for, I have been told to take him in. And then she basically lets it slip that how'd you know he was here? Yeah. Which I'm like, he shouldn't have said anything. Well, also, he just kind of walked right into her house, yeah. too. Like, if he was just looking for someone, he would have stayed in the entryway. Yeah. So he walks in the house, uh, confronts her on that, and then uh, ends up taking her gun away from her because she left it on the table. Yeah. He chucks it away. Yeah. And then as soon as the guy comes out of the bathroom, uh, he pulls a gun on him. Yeah. And so it's like, you're coming with me. Yeah, and, Dan- and- Danvers is saying, no, 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 you're not. 
Yeah, and trying to give Hank the option, like, you can just leave right now. We'll forget all this happened. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Was it before he killed the, the junkie well, or the after? Ju- well, after. the junkie turned, like, he was going towards the door, so he moved. And that's and when Hank shot, Hank shot him once and then twice. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he also, that's when he also admits that, hey, he didn't kill Annie, but he moved the body. Yep. But then he also uh, points the gun at Danvers. Well, he hasn't pointed the gun at Danvers yet. His son comes in because his son's, son's in the back and he heard the gunshots. Dots came in with his gun. And so now it's a power play between like, do I listen to my dad or do I listen to my mom? Or not mom, um, uh, Danvers. Yeah, but like he that's like trying to say blood's thicker than water and you should uh, help me. He's like, hey, son, help me get the body and we'll do this together. And Danvers is like, no, don't do this. Like, understand your, this is just going to make things worse. Yeah. And that's when Hank Hank, hits the gun at Danvers and his son just instinctively shoots him in the head. Yeah, just bam. Like one shot in the head, done. Yeah, because also Danvers was telling him, don't think. Like, don't overthink. Just react. Um, So that's a huge bunch of shit that happens right towards the end. We're like... Yeah, like this is basically the last eight minutes of the show. Yeah, like... There's two dead bodies in Danvers' house. And Navarro, Navarro walks in walks and is like, uh, what the fuck happened? And basically, like... Takes over the situation like a fucking pro. And I'm like, hell yeah, Navarro, yeah, let's can't, go. They can't report it because her superior's in on it. They don't know how much he is in on it. Um, he doesn't know about, like, the whole, like, hit on the junkie guy because the mind lady is like, he's a politician and, she wants to, and he's not going to do much. Yeah. Um... Which, if they knew that, they might have some other options. But since they don't, they can't trust him. Yeah. So Navarro's like, hey, uh, kid, clean up the bodies. We're going to take them out to this spot. They'll be lost forever. Yeah. We're going to lose your... We're going to plant it where it looks like he... The junkie was killed, but your dad's body's never going to be found. Yeah. So it ties back to the dad taking out the junkie. Yeah. And all they're going to find is his car, which out there, it's fucking reasonable to never find a body. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why Devers took the junkie was like, it wasn't to go to the cave, but to take him to the highest point of the cave system. Yeah. Cause we, because learned... Navarro finds out that the spiral was a warning sign to hikers and stuff. Well, to hunters. To hunters, like, hey, there's ice caves here. You'll fall in, stay away. Yeah. It's warning signs. Yeah. So you see them, you leave. Because one of the locals of uh, that was uh, Navarro's boyfriend's friend was like, yeah, when we were kids, we used to break into the ice caves, and our mom, our grandmother used to tell us the night country would get us, mm-hmm. and it was always furious when we did so, so we're not, you're not supposed to do that. And that's where Navarro has the idea, hey, we'll go to the highest point, we'll break into the cave system from the top, yeah. and then we'll find the cave where an animal Thus, that's why they broke out the junkie. Yeah, to show him where the highest point was, which he does on the map. Um, yeah. Before he goes to the bathroom, but when he comes back is when Hank shows up and ends up killing him and all the shit goes down. But at least they have a location now. Yeah, so next episode is going to be definitely like Navarro and Dammers going to this cave, finding out what exactly happened. Oh, and they also told the kid to go to Alice's house. Is it Alice? or Rose. Rose, thank you, Rose. To Rose's house for help with the cleanup. Because Rose is not going to betray any of those fuckers. Yeah, so... He's going to clean up the house, take the bodies out to where the, where Nora told him to, have Rose help out. Um, mm-hmm. So everything's going like, to come to a head where, like, they're going to obviously find out what happened to Annie. 
be able to implement the mine owners in it, which will hopefully end up shutting down the fucking mine. Maybe find out where this other scientist is at. Yeah. Um, who's probably dead or not dead, we don't know. Or somewhere in that cave system, maybe? Who knows what it means that she's awake and, like, what all is going on. Yeah, because they got to wrap everything up. <laughs> yeah, but basically, she hit the fan and... There's a lot more covering. We're full speed ahead now. So this next episode is just going to be a bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So it should be really good. Um, yeah. I'm so, excited. So far, the whole season has been worthwhile. So definitely just watch it on HBO Max. Uh, all right. The next show we're going to talk about is season is episode five of Death and Other Details called Ex- Exquisite. Yes. Um, this was an interesting episode because um, we have a guess at who the big bad is um, and it wasn't revealed in this episode, but we just kind of like felt like, okay, it has to be this dude. Yeah, it and, makes sense. And it makes sense by the end of it. That's like, all right, it's definitely that dude. Yeah. But basically, um, kind of the big moving points that are happening here is that Imogen and the ship owner dude is off uh, in, um, where was where, 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 um, it? It was somewhere off of the M. <laughs> uh, it's somewhere, I want to say, in Italy? Malta. Malta. Yeah. They're in Malta. That's where they drop off the the, the rest refugees. Yep. Pay a dude. They get in the back of a fish truck and boom, they're gone. Yep. Um, so no more refugees. But he has a contact in Malta that might be able to tell her what the date was on the chemical order that has no date that's worthless, basically. Yep. Um, these, this was basically found earlier episodes was a... Uh, uh, Order form for a chemical used in, in clothing coloring. Yeah. But it turns out that chemical causes cancer and a bunch of other, like, horrible things, side effects. But it was outlawed in, like... The 80s or 90s? Yeah, late 80s or something. So it depends what the date of the order was, so whether or not the, com- the company was using it illegally or not. Mm-hmm. We find out what happens to um, the crazy wife. Yeah. And watch crazy. actually not crazy. Yeah. Really that crazy. Basically, she was an investigative journalist who was doing a story on the family, but not as like them being corrupt, but as them being victims of blackmail. Mm-hmm. She finds a source who uh, worked with the NSA, but the problem was like he worked with the NSA. He got involved on in, um, looking at these weird transactions from multi-billionaire companies and billionaire families like theirs and basically finds Victor Sam's name. Yeah. And as soon as he finds that, his boss tells him to shut it down, but he doesn't. And then he ends up being like pegged as a pedophile, loses his wife, loses his kids, and yep. loses all his job, job and everything. Like they ruined his life instantly. And he's warning her like, "Don't say his name. He has ears everywhere." And it's like she's leaving the meeting in her car. We find out that this was the accident that happened to her that made her like really paranoid and crazy. She mentions mentions his name in the notes, and suddenly her car, which is like a Tesla. That's self-driving. Self-driving. Suddenly... This is why you analog. Yeah. Suddenly, like, starts flooring the pedal. She has no control over the car, and then it runs her off a cliff. Yeah. And that's the car accident everybody's been referencing. The one that everybody's been telling her that, no, you're crazy. You fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Nothing happened. She was like, no, my car fucking auto-drove itself off the cliff. Mm-hmm. I had no control over it. I was slamming on the brakes, and everybody's just telling her that she's crazy. So you can understand, like why she's kind of fucking annoyed with everybody. Yes. Uh, being Rightfully so. Being told even by your wife that you're crazy and being, having to talk to a, a psychiatrist. And you're like, yeah, I the know wife the fuck is happened. so damn dismissive, too. Yeah, she really was of it. It's like, wow, what a bitch. It was, and even bigger so that she slept with the Chinese chick when they were locked in the room. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But basically, we find out that she that the wife wasn't crazy. That she did hit me, end up meeting with Danny, and he introduced himself and told him what was going and told her what why he was actually there mm-hmm. and why he's been kind of like following them. Yep, and she keeps telling him like you're gonna get killed. You're going to get killed. Don't say his name. <clears throat> Drop it. Yeah, that's why she's always searching for bugs because she doesn't know how the guy is keeping tabs on them or listening. Um, but like if somebody, if you could do what he did to the guy, the NSA, and, it's, and even the NSA guy's boss told him to drop it, then this guy like some type of government connections. Yeah. Um, to a point and to be able to take over her car, the instant she mentioned the name on her cell phone, he has some definite high tech stuff that he has access to that normal, normal underworld person wouldn't have. So yeah. like this guy, Victor Sands is definitely connected high, high up somehow. Um, but that... That whole kind of thread ends with her telling her wife, like, I want a divorce. Because, like, clearly you do. Your wife does not believe you. Well, before that, like, the wife's like, oh, we should talk to the The doctor, the the psychiatrist. And that guy is a fucking worthless. Yeah, the guy was too busy staring out the window at some birds that he saw in the middle of their session. It's like the worst uh, better help therapist that they could find. Oh, uh, she ends up like hanging up the call, talk and just talking to her wife, and then where she's, that's where she says like, "I want a divorce." I'm like, Rest. and then she pauses and like, "Yep, I I do want a divorce." And I'm like, "Good for you, girl." <laughs> yeah, like that way her wife treats her was was definitely terrible. Like, your oh, wife yeah. tells you this and you don't believe her. Probably it was because she was also shut down by her family if she tried to believe her that hey, this is Victor Sam shit. Like, don't fucking pursue it. Yeah. Because um, clearly the family knows that that's what ended up killing Imogen's mother was something with Victor Sam's. And it was probably why, a warning to them to don't fuck around. Yeah, and that's why they dropped the case. Yep. As soon as they, that name popped up, they're like, yep, done, nope, yeah. we're good. Um. So then basically what happens after that is that Imogen and the guy on boat are multiple kind of like having a date day because they have to wait till 5 p.m. the next day to hand over the, the paperwork to his expert. Yeah. Um, he, she re- reluctantly hands it over to her after she says, I need to have this and I'll take it. I need days. the actual copy, which I'm like, bullshit. Like, take a photo. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, you take a damn photo, bitch. Like you don't need the fucking original. All the information's right there. And uh, this is where I, I, I suspect like, okay, he's Victor Sands. So that when mm-hmm. they're sitting on the steps eating lunch and he, he, so they say, tell me your big uh, big secret that nobody knows. I'll go first. And he says, I'm broke. Yeah. Like, he put all his money into this boat, and it, was, and it wasn't worth it. It's like, the fact that this family rented out this boat to complete their multi-million dollar deal, or billion dollar deal, like, you should be making bank off that. Well, like, there's no way he, that's a loss. Well, one sailing isn't going to fix your whole boat situation. So you, while you're building this, you got to make sure that all sailings are fucking fully booked to get your money back. Yeah. Which we don't know what the cruise schedule is for this boat. He just says he's completely broke after restoring this boat. And it's kind of like, if okay. you are, there's no way this cruise is happening completely. Like, you have to have like, some capital already or something, right? Yeah. You have to have some backers supporting. But as I say, like, there's nothing in the show that has has yet been revealed that points to him just yet. Uh, they do find out um, from the the crazy wife who was searching for uh, listening devices in a room that there is a spy camera in their room that shouldn't be there. Um, that basically Rufus and the head maitre d' or the head of staff basically. It's head of staff. Yeah. She's not a maitre d'. You call her maitre d' though. Weird. Like stop calling her a maitre d'. She's fucking the head of the staff. 
Yeah. But but like basically, uh, they do find that there's a camera in there, and then they go to the, the security room and try and find like where where it's the feed is coming from and whatnot. That's where Rufus notices something on the ship deck map and asks to be directed to where where a specific room is at. Um, and then they reveal what happens there a little bit later. But in the meantime, we also see that the deal between the Chinese family and the main family is kind of falling apart. They wanted they reworked the deal so the Chinese family has fifty one percent control of their stock, which yep. means they own their company. And as the fam- as like the, the daughter's like, hey, fuck that, we're walking away. The dad says, fuck no, and agrees to the deal. Yeah, basically giving control of the company over to the Chinese family and not letting his daughter take over as CEO. Like he is to the point where I think he just doesn't give a fuck and yeah, ready to like, I'm done, done. <laughs> with this rich lifestyle or something. Yeah, because he's probably... And it's, all the family is like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, he probably knows that his wife's cheating on him. Oh, 100%. Um, knows his son's a complete fuck up because his son basically begs him for a million dollars and says, don't talk to me, I don't own the trust, you idiot. Yeah, and it's the family's money, not your money. Yeah. Um, through all this stuff that that whole deal basically... It doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't go the way they want to where they, they no longer have control of the family or control of the business. He agrees to it. They all walk off. We end up finding out that um, just before Imogen and uh, Sunil come back, who's the owner of the boat, Rufus and them find this room that's like, hey, these these hallways are narrow. Why are they so narrow? Yeah, why do they suddenly get narrow? Yeah, he takes the axe to the wall and boom, finds what we don't know. They don't show it to us. He's like, it's the whole operation, because he knows it's on the map where the boat goes. Mm-hmm. It says, hey, if what the wife's story says is true, we're like, hey, everybody's an agent. If this, if the girl who says that cl- confessed to killing uh, Danny actually did it, she's an agent of Victor Sam's. And they either has something on her or something that to make her do what he wants. Um, anybody could be working for him. And then that's when Rufus realizes this boat goes all over the world. Yeah, here's all these different ports yeah, how, that they stop at. Yeah, how would he be able to run a network like this? He constantly is moving. Yep, so he needs to be moving to it's, do this. It's the supervillain who, like, instead of being the supervillain who's always on a plane, it's the supervillain who's always on a boat. Yeah. Um, and all we see is, like, a blue light emanating from this room. So it's, like, it's not a server room, per se. He says, like, this is the whole damn operation. Yeah. Um, and all the only thing I mentioned is, like, that's a lot of high-tech stuff. Uh, so basically, this boat is home base for Victor Sands, which is why now we're like, yeah, it's definitely the boat owner. Like, that's yeah, not on your he, boat unless you know. Yeah, because he said that he rebuilt everything and he knows every nook and cranny. Yeah. So. So I'm pretty sure that he is actually ends up being Victor Sams in the end. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Um, be really interesting uh, to see what the next uh, twists are, what actually the whole operation is. I mean, other than it's a blackmailing thing, basically. We know that he's blackmailing multiple different people. people to get hundreds of millions of dollars a year or a month in. Basically, it's from what the NSA guy told us. Um, but we got to see, like, what all is going on with the family dynamic. Like, why is that actually giving away the business? Is he just fed up with his family's bullshit? <laughs> the preacher's kid has not come into any of it at all. You no, know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that kid to, like, be, bam, here we go. Here's guess, all this evidence. I guess we're assuming that, like, the governor's blackmail that came out with the pictures of her trip is from Victor Sam's targeting her now. Yeah. Well, I think Victor Sam's has been targeting her. 
Yeah, but she's also very sick. They haven't explained that yet either. Yeah. Like, is she... Yeah, they'll get it there. So we'll, we'll see, because it has, like, a few more episodes left, I believe. Yeah, I think this is 10 episodes total, and we're on episode five, so we're halfway through the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 10 episodes. So mm-hmm. they got plenty of time to try and uh, give us more informa- information as what's going on and more plot twists to figure out. So um, it'd be very interesting if the owner is not Victor Sam's, but I'm pretty sure it's him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll have to see what, see what happens next. Still a very good show. It's on Hulu. Uh, it comes out every Tuesday. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's scheduled to come out every Tuesday till March 5th, which is going to be the final episode. So you can watch it on Hulu right now. And we definitely recommend you check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily if you have a show, there is some nudity in there, so I probably just yeah. There's indulge. there's quite a bit of nudity. Almost every episode, you see a you see a little titty. Yeah. Now moving on to the next show, like we were, <laughs> we, were kind of, we were kind of forced watching because the friends like, hey, look, it has a it has a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety three percent. It can't be that bad. Unfortunately, that that rating dropped by over ten points that night too. As, as we were watching, watching it, yeah. Basically, we watched the first two episodes of Halo Season 2. And there is some good said, about it. You said you were going to watch it. The, <laughs> liar. the one thing that was good about it was the first 15 minutes. Of Episode 1. That's all you need to watch. That's all you need to watch, and then you turn it off. But we also thought that this was a flashback, that it wasn't actually present day, because it makes no sense that it is. That basically... They have Chief. They're pulling like Cortana out of his head or something on a table where he looks hella dehydrated. Yeah. Make him look like super ripped. And he's like knocked out. And then we boom, we flash this sequence where they're on this other planet. They're trying to evacuate people because the Covenant are might be showing up. Um, and then boom, they end up seeing that the there's like a firefight at the at a relay communication tower. And then the Chief goes up there to have this really cool sequence where like a bunch of invisible elites start taking out uh communication squad marines like out yes. of the fog very alien-esque like boom cool very nice nicely done um she fights a bunch of elites kills them shoots from the head there's only one marine that survives who's very terrible at her job like she has a shotgun oh, she's awful. and literally is shooting like after the elite runs past her granted like yeah they're invisible or whatnot but like their energy stores are visible so you just kind of go in that general yeah. area she does not hit anything like, and then as, after Chief kills all the elites and whatnot, he sees the image of some of a person standing in the fog somewhere. Uh, we learn later on that he thinks that this is the chick that he fucked in the first season that ended up being killed. Specific. I can't remember her name, Tanny or something. I don't know. Covenant chick. That's all you need to yeah. call her. Um, but basically, that wasn't a flashback. I was like, okay, it was a so, flashback. So this is like present day. Yeah. Which they're so horrible on like stating what happening and what and, time and yeah. when so poor writing right off the bat after the first and well, the fact that like he went AWOL the end of the last season and that like they just took him like, oh, he's fine it's oh, all good we took the AI I would say it's not it, well I'm assuming they're trying to blame it was, oh it was the AI not him and now he put him back to work and then we find out also like during this doesn't excuse the other three, other three Spartans, Spartans that went with him yeah and they also took their pellets out too so it's kind of weird that, like, they just ignore the fact that they all went AWOL and then they let them go back to active duty. But this is where, like, we've act- unlike the first season where, like, you had no idea where they were going episode to episode because it, like, made no sense of what yeah. the story was going to be. They're like, all right, this is kind of the story. Yeah, by, by season two, or by episode two, we know, like, okay, this is exactly what they're going to be doing. Yeah. Because 
even in this first episode, like they have a replacement for for Halsey to take over the Spartan program, who seems to be trying to be more of a therapist than a military owning uh, 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 intelligence uh, director. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, which is yeah definitely weird. And like basically, I think and it's, also it's ignoring such, all uh, all the intel, all intel. He's like, like nope, she, nope. the chief is there and he's saying, hey, the Covenant were there. Why would they show up and on a planet and? Uh, force like that yeah. on foot if they're just going to glass it. Like, they just, you go to a plant, you just glass it. There's no reason to invade. And then the chief's guess is that, hey, they took the comms relay tower, um, not for some strategic thing that's on the planet, but for the experience of taking a comms relay tower. Yeah. Um, basically, he's hinting at, oh, the Covenant are, are planning a bigger attack. And the director kind of let, lets sense of the universe as in, like, hey, we want the war to be on the outer rim. So the people here in Reach and like in the center and the center planets like Earth and whatnot don't feel any effects of it. Right. So the war's not really happening for them. It's happening outside. Um, that's the whole point for the Spartan deployments to be on the outer rim and nothing interior. But she was trying to tell them like, hey, look, no, there's Covenant there. There are elites there. And basically only forces the one surviving Marine to say, no, no, that happened. Yeah. Um, so they don't corroborate his stories, and then they basically they're trying to gaslight the chief that you know you're fucking crazy. Shut up. Yeah. <clears throat> they have these constant moments throughout here that are like they're good, actual good moments, and like moments that could be part of good writing, but they're unearned. Like there's a weird sequence where like there where chief goes to the marine's house to kind of confront her, like why the fuck did you lie? Yeah. And ends up having a family dinner with him, and the. And like quickly figures out, oh, this is a Spartan. And then Which, they, if they did it, if they did this right, like he should be like really fucking big and really fucking obvious. Like, yeah, he is a super soldier because he's not normal human height and yeah. he's super beefy. But they, like all the Spartans aren't; they just look like normal, regular sized humans, and I don't like. That. Yeah, and like in that sequence, like they literally ask him what his KD ratio is, which is a stupid it's question. The dumbest thing. Because it's, like, it's like, it's good, I'm alive, fucker. Like, yeah, and then, but then they try to like play it off like, oh, it's this game's part in attack. And it's like, what? Why would you think he plays it? He didn't mention anything. He hasn't said anything at all. He's just sitting at the head of the table quietly while this just family's observing. having this family moment. But then he has this like intimate moment with the uh, Marine, and like basically she's dealing with survivor's guilt. She got a medal for just surviving, and like, well, that's not right. She didn't do anything. Like, she sucked at her job, which is what military does. And like, he's trying to kind of console her there, which is a nice moment, but it's unearned because like they didn't build up to this properly at all. Like, they could have done that with like, if they want to show like the chief is more than just an armor and a robotic soldier, <clears throat> you have him help console other people. Mm-hmm. With survivor's guilt and all this, because like he's the ultimate survivor's guilt. Like any time he was on a mission, everybody dies. And he's the one that survives, right? <laughs> yeah. So like that's how you could have written this entire show to make him more human instead of just take off your fucking helmet and tell stupid jokes. Yeah. And be and and, fu- and act and, super stiffly. And then have sex with a combatant, a combatant spy. Yeah. Like good lord. So anyway. The other big thing is in both these episodes, like across the the story that they're telling here, they've literally taken stuff from every other sci-fi franchise and thrown it in here to copy like an element of it. Yeah. So like the old head of Oni um, got kicked out and was blamed for everything that happened in the the first season. Yes. Who's played by Auntie Ron from Mass Effect. 
she ends up uh, meeting him in an elevator where they have kind of like this spy talk thing, which is like almost right out of Andor. It looks exactly like Andor. Well, kind of sort of like they're not like at the top of this thing. Or whatever. Yeah. That whole sequence started in an elevator with him talking to the guys here in Andor. But this one that she's physically there and they're talking and she's basically offering chief like, I believe your intel, but doesn't give him any proof of any resources she has. It's like he has he gets nothing out of telling her what he keeps finding. Yeah. Because he has no idea what resources that she has that she could even bother to use to help him. But she's basically saying, hey, I have this division or whatnot, or I'm head of a rebellion or whatever that yeah. can, that will believe your intel and act on it or something. Um, <laughs> really stupid. Then they also have other sequences where, like, the Spartans are yeah, we talking see the shit students. with the Cobalt team. Yeah. But it's really weird because, like, the Spartans are... Again, they're not following anything from the books or from the initial lore, but the initial lore is like they're all like a family. So like they wouldn't be shit talking each other to the extent that they do as in being bitter rivals and like talking complete shit to everybody. Like even to the chick who got hurt, who's obviously having issues, like they're talking down Down to her her and like how ugly you are now because you're fucked up. It's like, they wouldn't say that shit. No, it's really weird. So they have weird scenes like that. And then like the weird, another weird scene was when... Uh, Chief goes to a, like, brothel, brothel yeah. booth thing and puts, like, a chip in or swipes, like, his card. And they're like, oh, welcome back, Master Chief. It's like Chief. a holographic, like, strip strip room, strip booth where, like, you can make the stripper look however you want. And he's like, like Cortana. And I'm like, you no. And, and then, then they just fucking Cortana, too. So I was like, is that supposed to be Cortana? or yeah like, or is this like a messed up like well that that version was just that was the who the model was for the, the stripping booth was that model dressed up like cortana and they started fucking with her hair a little bit to our i guess they were trying to imply that he's still thinking of the covenant chick which that didn't come through at all in that scene no, it was but weird. it comes through later on where like you realize the chick that he saw in the fog was that chick yeah and he thinks she's still alive which we're like no she's dead we saw a kneeler go through her the fucking other Spartan killed her. They even confirmed, like, yeah, she's fucking dead. They yeah. talk about it, like, yeah, she should be dead. Never then dead. And then, like, they have these other weird scenes, like, where Cobalt team ends up going on a mission, and then they end up getting put on standby, meaning like, they haven't come back. Yeah. Um, But, like, they kind of miss the point, like, which of, like, Spartans also in the original lore, which is, like, Spartans don't never die. They're all only MIA. Mm-hmm. So they're not marked MIA. They're just put on standby. And she's like, hey, they haven't come back from the last mission. Change that. But the weird thing is, like, this is on a status board that's being changed by hand by, like, a soldier. Which is true. like, this is the future. Why do you have a status board that has to have... It should be a guy, like, on the a computer, like, you know, down below, like, yeah. like changing the statuses and you see it flip. And then he goes up to the computer guy. Not a physical guy who's like, in Fenway Park. Yep. Just flip, you know, flipping the thing. It was so stupid. Yeah, it was weird. It's like, this is Oni, the head of military intelligence. You couldn't have a guy just sit in front of a fucking computer. And have him look at, a, like, a screen, a screen that outlines all the active missions that are going on that and are classified. And it's, like, hitting the button and see it on the big screen yes. in front of it. Like, so Chief is yelling, like, change it back, change it back. They're not on standby. They haven't come back yet. And he's like, uh, I'm being told by someone higher than your pay grade, so fuck off, yeah. is what the kid should have said. Basically, but then like he does some investigative work to figure out where Cobalt is and like looks at all the different Spartan missions, and then there's one that's not assigned to anybody that's active, and it turns out that they're on reach. They're actually on reach. Um, 
There's actually another big side story we completely skipped, which was with the soaring guy, um, the pirate dude. Oh, there's that one and then Halsey. Yeah, because there's two other things going on there, which kind of pretty much don't mean anything. It doesn't mean Jack. So one is the pirate dude who's like losing power or whatnot, who apparently oh, is a little asteroid rock thing, which apparently is involved in a massive slave trade. They're taking refugees and yeah. slavery. I As indentured servants, just cut this all out. Yeah, it made no this. sense because and to save money, because basically he gets duped by some farm kid who says, "I know where Doctor Halsey is," mm-hmm. and they don't even emphasize why he would care about finding Doctor Halsey, whether it's for a bounty or that he has like some deep connection with her because he was a Spartan, but he's also a Spartan who ran away as a teenager, yeah, and became this big pirate guy. Uh, he gets goaded into by his wife to go do this mission and take and find out Halsey so he can prove that he's a badass, which I'm like. Put on your Spartan right. armor and start killing people, and they'll know other families will know not to fuck with you, dude. Like exactly, he does this. It's very obvious that it's a trap. It ends up being a trap, and then his crew ditches him and tells his wife, like, "Oh, he just never came back," and he gets arrested by like Oni. Yeah, it's it's really dumb. Yeah, it's really dumb, and has no impact on where they're really going with the main storyline. Yeah. The other thing is Halsey. Halsey is actually in some holographic prison where like this little redhead girl held keep- by Oni. Yeah, which we don't know at first, but, like, she gets served by this little redhead girl who she keeps questioning to, like, so who sent you here? Who's the nice man who keeps telling you to bring me gifts? Yeah. And then this kid keeps getting a nosebleed and just fucking dies. Dies right in front of her. But it's not, like, like an aneurysm or choking or, like, something. The kid just, like, boop, down. Face face plants Plants. into the table. Yeah, And dies over and over again. Later on, we find out that this is a holographic prison that the new director of Oni has, and he has her and he has Cortana. Yeah. And uh, Halsey realizes that she's that Cortana's alive and that he has Cortana because like this tree in this room in this room is reminiscent of something she did in her past and only one person knows that story and it would be Cortana since Cortana's like a sample of like her own persona basically yeah but like the whole which makes it more confusing is like why does Oni have her you're not questioning her every time you send them one of these like clones in there to die. Halsey's asking all the questions. Yeah, the it's clones never, aren't doing anything. It's never asking her anything. So yeah, she's never. Are, re- the only thing the clones are asking is like, "How do I play backgammon?" Yeah, like, that's, oh, it. that's all it's doing. Like it makes it. makes no sense because like they're not getting information out of Halsey. It's like Halsey's getting information out of the clone. Yeah, before it dies, and it just dies because I think she's making it's she's. That's weird. I figure I figure that they're programmed to die when they start getting uh, probed about. The man about who who created them all that yeah. stuff, and that's why they just keep sending him in there. And then like, then the director reveals himself to her, so she's like, it's very obvious that he's the one holding her. Yeah, and he keeps like, oh, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he gives her another clone. And it's like, why are we doing this? Like, it makes like, no sense. You're not getting any intel or any information from Halsey. Yeah. Um, and then we find weird. out he also has Cortana in the next room, like running simulations on a possible invasion on Reach, and what the um, possible solutions or tactics should be, which they don't give away much about on what's happening there. Um, which fine. You, yeah, which you is, could save that for which, later in the season. Which is fine, but it's also like, why doesn't he have, why why does he have Cortana? Why is he using her for this pro, for this purpose? And why is he gaslighting the chief and saying, no, the Covenant aren't coming here, you're full of shit. Yeah. You're crazy. And b- trying to make him seem like he, like he should be on shore leave or some shit. Yeah. But basically, going back to the main story, which is what they're going to be doing here, at least what they're alluding to, is that the chief ends up finding out that Cobalt team never left the planet, that they're still on reach, mm-hmm. 
and that oh look they're at a relay station let's That's go there the team. same exact relay station in the video game reach that noble team goes to in the exact same city that noble poor, team went to or noble team so basically they're gonna it seems like they're gonna do the the reach game basically the reach game. that storyline and like yeah. those different type of missions that happen throughout there are probably we're probably gonna see variations of that and it's going to be done, um, but with Chief and his team instead of Noble Team, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks. It would be nice to like have a, have Noble a, call, team. a callback to somebody in Noble Team or something like that, right? Yeah. Because that's the other thing. With the world building here, there's lots of opportunities where they could put little Easter eggs into the games. But it's like, From the games in here. From the games in here. like they When he went to like the brothel and he's messing with the interface, they could have put um, a superintendent icon there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's just small that, hey, people who play the games will get it and people who haven't won't. But it would have been simple, cheap, and easy to do. Those little things would help build the world a lot better. But they don't do none of that. Yeah. And with them just like, oh, we're going to replace Noble Team with with this team and Chief's going to do all this shit. It's like... It's such a slap in the face to fans. Yeah, like they don't care <laughs> at all about their own lore. Yeah. And then the very last sequence we see is a bunch of Marines being attacked at, at- this this uh the relay. relay station yeah tom station tom station that chief's on his way to um they're in a hallway they send one platoon a dark hallway so one platoon out they all fire flashlights like you guys should have flashlights yeah they all get killed then sends the second wave out there they all get killed and it's literally the darth vader hallway sequence from star wars Rogue yeah. One. that basically then elite shows up is about to kill the last guy and then Lo and behold, the blonde chick somehow isn't dead and says, no, stop. Covenant chick is alive. Like, how? Like, why is she alive? Why? She just left her dead. Just should have been you dead. Had it, you had it it should, yeah. It should have been like another elite, like a, a arbiter type or higher up. Yeah. That comes and says, no, wart, wart. Yeah. <laughs> they don't wart, wart in here and I'm mad. Yeah. I so got like, no wart, warts. <laughs> it's really, really stupid it's about how this goes. Bad. And it's very clear that, okay... You're going to now take elements from the Reach game and maybe, clearly not the books, obviously, and you're just going to recreate the Fall of Reach, how we've played it in the games possibly, with Chief and his team, with this Covenant Chick stuff being changed. Yeah. Who knows, but that's where they're going with it. We don't plan on watching any more. This is absolute garbage. I don't recommend you watch it. Please don't. Um, don't give them any. not worth oh. it. They need to stop. Like... I said, like, there's no world building in this show. There's no, um, the callbacks that they do make to things, um, are very clearly, like, philosophies that 343 had with making their games, which have all failed. Their constant concept that, like, Master Chief is not a suit of armor, he's a man, like, is a horrible idea. Like, you can yeah. do that, but they're doing it in such a poor way that nothing's owned. sucks! Yeah. Um, Captain Keys was in there for a second and then disappeared. We have no idea where Miranda is. Well, isn't Captain Keys now Admiral Keys? Didn't they like magically promote him? Yeah, they promoted him, I think. And then, like, and then we haven't seen Miranda Keys. Miranda Keys hasn't shown up whatsoever. So who knows where she is? Yeah, but like, again, who cares? Like, like they also brought back the Asian chick who was somehow a slave on like the asteroid rock and was like in a cave talking about demons and stars and shit, which makes no sense. Again, like, they just need to drop that whole side thing. Yeah, so you can say, keep Halsey, because Halsey ties in, well, I ties in with the Oni shit. Especially but, when they mention, like, oh, they blew glass that chick's planet. Like, cool, she could have died when they glassed the planet. She could have glassed, you know, died there, or just not have her anymore. You yeah. know, it's fine. We don't need 
The plot with the pirate site with the pirate uh, Spartan not is, is not needed and boring and nobody cares. The stuff that's interesting is the stuff with the with the fall of Reach that's about to happen. It's very obvious that this season's going to be like Reach is gonna fall and probably at the very end, if they do it like the video game, will be humans fleeing Reach on the Pillar of Autumn with the Chief, and then boom, Cortana takes him to the Halo ring. Yeah. Uh, and then that's where Halo starts. But Hopefully they don't get a third season. This is garbage. No. Don't watch this show. It's totally not worth it. We're not going to watch it. No. We were forced into watching the first two episodes. Our friend's like, yeah, this is terrible. We're not going to watch the rest. We're like, yeah. And right, up, thank like, you. Like, look, it went from 93% critic score to like an 81%. What is it now? Now let's check on don't, don't Yeah, don't check IMDb. It's inflated. I, I never trust IMDb's rating system. Yeah, I don't even usually look at any of the critic ratings on anything. Yeah. Um, so, Halo. For 2022. I think you have to be a little more specific. Uh, TV shows. There you go. There it is. It's 82% right now. Yeah. Uh, audience it's... score is 66. Yeah, it's still garbage. Anybody who likes this show has never played a Halo game. Yeah. Doesn't know anything about the lore. This show is not. Yeah. This show is not for fans. It's for people who like CW shows. That's it. Yeah. Um, Which explains why Chief fucked a POW. I mean, they kept his butt cheeks out of it this time. Hey, that, 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 was a, that was true. We didn't have a, a master cheeks moment. Yeah, they had a shower sequence where we saw his back. We just saw his back and chest. That was yeah. it. But, like, it's a terrible show. Oh, don't watch it. Don't. It's not worth it. Um, you, next you, week, we'll have the conclusion to uh, Night, Night Country. Country. Yep. We'll also uh, keep up to date what's going on Death and Other Details. And we'll probably have watched The Marvels, which is now on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so we'll have kind of like our opinions on that Marvel movie. Yep. And also the Has-Been Hotel. Yeah, we'll have finished watching the Has-Been Hotel, which is very interesting. We'll tell you all about that next week. So yes. check us out. You can find us at uh, www.thenerdcrusade.com. You can listen to our podcast wherever podcasts are found. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify. every uh, possible like major podcast thing out there. You can find us. So check us out, um, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.